For more than three years, I wrote more than 400 words every day. I mean every calendar day. If in those pre-portable days I couldn't get to a keyboard, I wrote hard the previous night and caught up the following day. And if it ever seemed that it was too easy to do the average, I upped the average. Terry Pratchett. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. I love this quote from Terry Pratchett because it's so simple. 400 words per day. That was his goal, to write more than 400 words every day. And that's how he finished books. And Terry Pratchett has written more than 50 best-selling books just by writing 400 words a day. That's what this episode is all about. It's just about finishing your book. We have covered this particular topic quite a bit, but we wanted to get a lot of those ideas and strategies down in one place. And especially in connection with our workbook series, we don't actually have a workbook for this topic because it's all on you. But these strategies can help you take things from the workbooks, from the vision of the book to reality. We wanted to do this right now because when this episode drops, we are two days away from starting NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month, where you're trying to write a whole book in one month. And that starts with setting goals. So a couple episodes that you can look back on to see a little bit more in depth on specific topics that we'll talk about today. Very first season, season one, episode eight, we talked about the first draft, getting it written. Season 20, episode four, was our writing myths series, and the myth was that the characters control the author. It's not my fault I haven't written anything this week. It's the character's fault. Season four had a couple of good episodes. Episode one, it was preparing for NaNoWriMo, and episode three, finding the right place to write. Season 16 had tricks of the trade, so if you need an idea to get you catalyzed, and to continue your book, that series has a lot of places to look. If you want a non-podcast option, we do have a blog post on our website called Write Terribly, and it's that motivation you need to simply just get the words on the page. Season 19, we did cover Act 2 writing prompts, so if you're smack dab in the middle of the book, don't know what happens next... That might be a place to start and a great collection of tropes to use to further your story and deepen your characters. Season 11, episode 8, our four-letter word series, Plan. This is a four-letter word to me, but sometimes it's necessary. Another in the four-letter word series was Stop. Knowing when and giving yourself permission to stop writing a book if you want to write something else. Season six was another good series that you can refer to for this topic, Nitty Gritty, especially episode two about maintaining momentum. And season nine, we talked about our writing crimes, and one of the worst crimes you can do to a writer is to say, I have an idea for a book. Don't let it remain an idea. Put it on paper. Finish that book. So let's get into how do you finish a book? It's a big undertaking. Actually finishing writing is a major accomplishment, whether you've done it once, twice, 
20 times or not at all, finishing the first draft is the most important step. Steinbeck said, abandon the idea that you're ever going to finish. And I have found personally, this is terrible advice. (laughs) Some people just love to explore the world and to do this and to do that, go there. I have to write toward an ending so that I can accomplish that goal. If I abandon the idea that I'm ever going to finish, I'm never going to finish. I would change that quote to abandon the idea that you were ever going to make it perfect. Because you're not going to make it perfect, whether it's the first, third, fifth, tenth draft. It's not ever going to be perfect. But you can finish it. You can decide, this is time, let's go, let's publish it. But you can't publish it if you don't finish the first draft first. An ongoing theme you'll detect throughout this bonus episode will be closer to our opener quote, which is to make it manageable. 400 words a day. Great. Making something manageable means maybe lowering your standards a little bit. Even if NaNoWriMo says you have to write 1,667 words per day, maybe just make it 500 words per day. And then when you get into the middle of the moment and you keep writing more, you can still hit that goal. Especially if you're just starting out, if you haven't written a novel yet, don't get discouraged because you aren't writing 10,000 words a day. It's really hard to write 10,000 words a day. I think I've only done that three or four times in my life. Throughout October, I've set a goal to try to write something every day in order to just get that practice going for NaNoWriMo, and I set the goal of 1,000 words. I've had some days where I write 1,600 words, 1,800 words, And one day I wrote a hundred words and that was it because that's all I could manage. And that's okay. So long as at the end that average works out for me and it's close to a hundred words, that's all I care about because that's what's manageable for me. Some days it's just not going to work. And in the case of NaNoWriMo, even a single word written would make NaNoWriMo an accomplishment. You've made progress. So everything above and beyond that celebrate. There are several things along the way that make it difficult to finish. One of the things that I've seen is comparing yourself to best-selling authors. I saw a thing on Instagram a while back that talked about a valley in artistry where when you first start drawing, you don't recognize what really good art is. So when you're creating, you think, oh, this is wonderful. This is beautiful because I created it. But then as you continue progressing, you start studying art, you learn techniques, you learn how difficult good art really is, and you start thinking your stuff is trash. But you're better than you were when you started. You just perceive it differently because suddenly you recognize it differently. And so you have this valley that you've fallen into that you have to try to climb back out of by progressing your skills, by continuing to work on it. If you get discouraged once you finally know what good art is, you're never going to become a better artist than where you are now. The same thing applies to writing. 
When you first start writing, often you don't recognize all the small bits that make writing good, all those little pieces. As you write more, as you read more and study the craft, then you start to recognize what really good writing is and you see your own stuff as trash. You've fallen into that valley. You have to work to get out of it. I will say from personal experience, that is really difficult. And the thing that got me through that was changing my standards to not necessarily match this person's perception or this New York Times bestseller. But that phrase you'll hear us say all the time, write selfishly. It's a real thing and it's really hard. I compare my stuff to my stuff. What is my writing like compared to what it was five years ago? It's so much better. Mostly because I've actually finished some books, but it's because I'm working on it. I've made it a consistent thing that I do instead of just something that I like to do when I'm inspired. A lot of you listeners out there might be in that before valley stage. And this is not meant to discourage you, to tell you that there are dark and terrible times ahead. This is to let you know that you're not alone when that does come. And there is another mountain on the other side and the view is even better from there. However, do understand you will pretty much always be climbing out of that valley. You'll always see people that are more successful than you. That's okay. So long as you're working at it and progressing and trying to better your craft, that's all that matters. You are working on yourself. You're being selfish about it. One of the strategies that I've found useful in finishing a novel is to change up my writing style. I'm not necessarily saying the words that I put on the page, but my methods for putting it on paper. Sometimes I'll write at home. Sometimes I'll write on the back patio outside. Sometimes I'll write in a coffee shop. If I've done that a lot recently and I'm starting to feel my energy wane in the story, I'll change that up. You don't have to be a pantser. You don't have to be a plotter. There's no one way to write. Explore, find out what works best for you. For me, I found that I can pants the first about 20,000 words. Just sit down, let the inspiration go, and start building that world. But if I don't sit down and then plot at least a little bit, then it never gets finished because I sit there and go, well, I don't know what to do now. I kind of know where they need to be in the end, but I don't know anything that needs to happen in the middle. And that's actually fairly common where the first act in your story is fueled by inspiration. The rest of it is fueled by desperation and discipline. So you're listening to this episode in order to Get some ideas of how to get unstuck in your writing, how to finish that first draft. The rest of this episode will be tips, tricks, ideas, something to try. And refer back to this episode again and again until you find something that works for you. And it won't be the same thing every time. And that's perfectly okay. The first suggestion we have, the most important one, let yourself write terribly. 
let it be bad. It doesn't matter what you write in the first draft. You can fix it later. Editing is a separate phase for a reason. If I don't honor that right now, edit later, I will just chew on the same scene over and over and over again until I die. Same. Part of the writing terribly is using the wrong word for a moment. Because I handwrite, I circle the word. Some people, if you're doing it digitally, you can highlight it and add a comment. I put mine in brackets. Using an imperfect word will help you not waste time in your writing session and help you move on from it. Because inevitably, as I'm typing it up or as I'm editing it, the right word is super obvious and I'm spending way less time than if I tried to figure it out at that exact moment. The other thing in this is just keep going. Keep the pen moving, keep the keys clicking. If you don't know what to write in that particular moment, like say it's a fight scene. I did this recently, had a fight scene I needed to write down, didn't really feel like trying to get my brain to slog through the choreography. So I just put in brackets, cool choreography, I'm too lazy to write right now. He steals a sword and defeats the two of them. It gives me enough to fill in, okay, this is what happens, but I don't actually have to write it in the moment because I'm not ready to write it. I don't have to skip the rest of the scene. I just cut to, okay, what does he do right after he wins? He leaves. The next thing to keep in mind, before you even set ink to paper or open that document on your computer, is setting that goal. We've talked in the last couple of episodes about making sure you have a schedule for yourself as a writer and for the book as far as the phases as you complete them. Setting those goals will help you have a reason to finish. Your goals can be anything, word count, how many scenes you write, a plot point that you want to reach, how much time you want to spend on it. Whatever it is, whatever that goal is, just make it manageable, something you can actually accomplish, because there's nothing more discouraging than setting a goal and never reaching it. I like to use plot points more than word counts, so I want to have certain scenes written by this day. When I'm doing NaNoWriMo, week one is act one, week two is act two, weeks three and four is act three because I'm inevitably behind by the end of Act 2. <laughs> Along with setting a goal, setting a schedule can help. Especially with NaNoWriMo, where you have specific word count goals of 1,667 words a day, setting aside time for you to write can really help. Make sure your family knows about it, get rid of those distractions, put your phone in the other room, and maybe consider disconnecting your computer from the internet. I know I'm not the only one when I say, if I write only when I'm inspired, then I'll never finish anything. You're much more likely to finish your book if you approach it with the mentality of my imagination obeys me, not the other way around. When I first started writing, I wrote purely only when I was inspired. I would sit down and I would write a couple thousand words in one session, and then I wouldn't touch it again for years. I got rid of that burst of inspiration, 
And then that was it. I, I didn't have any discipline. I didn't have a schedule. I wasn't really trying to actually work on anything. Of course, this whole episode is about finishing the book. If you don't want to finish the book, then you can just ignore this episode and move on. But we are not trying to tell you how to write. We're trying to give you the tools to finish your book. So I finished my first book when I actually set a schedule. I actually set goals. I created that discipline to write every day. Along with setting aside a time for writing and making sure your family knows about it, knowing that you'll be disconnected from the internet, they can't call you, blah, blah, blah. Along with that time slot is having a place to write. Think about the noise level. What kind of sound do you need to write? Is it too quiet for creativity? Do you need noise in order for your brain to work? Or is it too noisy to actually focus on anything? Another thing that's very popular is music. Create a Spotify playlist for the book that you're working on. I personally, I choose a composer that represents the flavor and style of the world of the book I'm writing. You can also set playlists for moods. So if you're going to be working on a scene that is dramatic, high intensity, you can have a playlist with dramatic, high intensity music. Or if you're writing a really somber, heartfelt, emotional scene, pick music for that. So when you're writing those scenes, you can play music that fits that mood. And I'll let you in on a little secret. I don't play music while I write. I play music before I write. If I'm driving to a location or if I'm waking up and doing the dishes, I will play that playlist just before my writing time. It gets me in the mood, so I'm not distracted when it comes time to put ink on paper. I have to listen to music while I write. Otherwise, my brain gets too distracted by other things. So the music, that noise, is a way for me to have something that my brain is partially listening to, but it's not distracting me. Because I would go full squirrel <laughs> if I were able to hear everything else happening around. One of those things about having a writing environment is having other authors that you write with. I know I'm far less likely to pick up my phone if I have another author on the other side of the table who might see me pick up my phone. This is a time for you to set schedules to do writing blitzes or sprints, whatever you want to call them, where you sit down as a group together and then don't talk to each other. Seems counterintuitive, but it can be especially helpful afterward when you realize you're with someone who can help you with the next moment on your scene. Okay, I've built it up to a fight scene. Now I need your help to help choreograph it or keep that imagination going even after the sprint is complete. And it's also the accountability. Somebody that can help keep you accountable to make sure you are still writing. One way that you can do this is nanorimo.org. You can have buddies on there and you can see your buddies' progress. We are both on there. You can find me, Lee Hull. L-E-I-G-H space H-U-L-L. And my profile picture is our Art Deco Right Selfishly logo. I am Lee S's, L-E-Y-E-S-S-E-S. You can find me there and I encourage you to friend me, contact me, 
reach out to me. Let me know that you're paying attention to my progress bar so that I can be accountable (laughs) to all of you listeners out there. And if you want us to help hold you accountable, let us know. We will do our best because we want you to finish your books. We want you to reach those goals that you've set for yourself. This might seem like a strange bit of advice, but I would encourage you to take advantage of writing prompts. Not every writing prompt needs to be included in your book, but you can answer the prompt from a character's point of view. Maybe go back to our Act 2 writing prompts and explore a maybe-could-have-been path. Not only writing in the world and exploring your characters, but putting pen to paper is half the discipline in this. It's something to help stir the imagination, get those creative juices flowing. This last month, I've been doing Spooktober prompts. Every day, I have a different kind of spooky-themed writing prompt to work on. And I've found that's actually been really helpful. I'll write those 300 words or so, and then sit down on my work in progress, and then find myself writing a lot of words in those. I want to say it was Louis L'Amour who said, the water doesn't run until the faucet's turned on. When you follow a writing prompt, when you do any of these things to start the imagination, just put pen on paper, it turns on that faucet and then it's very easy to keep going. The hardest part of any writing session is to put your butt in the chair. If you don't have writing prompts, having a writing club or a writing group, other writers that you're working with, Those are good places to have prompts because you can give the same prompt to everybody and then you get together, read each other's work, see what you've done with it. And that can be a lot of fun. I will admit it's been a lot of fun for you to be doing the Spooktober thing because you've been sending me, hey, these are the two. And I'm immediately thinking, okay, this is how I would associate these two words which create the prompt. And this is how I would write that story and blah, blah, blah. And then you'll send me the completed flash fiction, and it's nothing like what I had in mind. Another thing that can help you write the book, kind of along this line of writing prompts, is writing stuff that you know will be cut out of the story. That's okay. Everything you write in the first draft doesn't have to stay. But these can be things like character development exercises, or writing the backstory of a character, that defining moment or cornerstone memory where you're exploring the world, you're exploring the characters so that when you write in the full draft, those things are developed, you know them, and they can influence everything else. And it doesn't necessarily have to be just about the character, but about the world. Write the scene behind when the prophecy was first spoken. Write how and why they built this historic landmark. All of this stuff will help you explore the world, get your mind in book mode without necessarily having to bear the burden of needing to progress the plot along. And if you're struggling with especially that second act and filling in the adventures in there, look at the lie the main character believes about themselves and what evidence they could encounter along the way that would prove that to be true. This is one of those that you don't have to keep these things. You don't have to include them. Maybe you want to write little short stories about 
how that character came to believe in this lie in the first place, but it helps you define the basis for what that character believes. Of course, in NaNoWriMo, the structure of the event is word count. There's no mandate on, one, it making any sense whatsoever, or two, it having to be the next scene in your book. So if you're feeling stuck, like, okay, I have to include the prom scene because I've alluded to it, but I don't care, so I want to get on to the next football game, write the next football game. If you're like me and can't write out of order because, well, the plot's not that well developed, you can still skip ahead by creating a bullet point or a summary. Like I said earlier, putting that one line in brackets of cool choreography, I'm too lazy to write right now. That will help you be able to continue going without getting lost in the plot because it's not connecting. This also gives you something to write later on when you're stuck then, after you've written the football game and homecoming and this and that. Obviously, it's been a while since I've been to high school. <laughs> anyway, After you've written the next few scenes that you enjoy, then you can go back and fill in that scene that you skipped. That can be your writing prompt for the day. I just need to write this one scene down. And you'll find... After you finish that, you'll know exactly where you want to move to next. If you're a pantser and you find yourself stuck, you may consider plotting out the next little bit. You probably have an idea of where the story needs to go. So look at the next thing you know needs to happen and then work backwards from there. Plotting that out will help you get that direction for where to go. And if you're a plotter, consider pantsing for a little bit. Oftentimes, a block will happen because you're trying to make the characters do something they don't want to do. So listen to them for a little bit. Let them make up the next little bit. Again, writing terribly, it doesn't matter if it's good or not. You can cut it out later. But try answering and responding to the scenes instead of just getting to the next plot point. Another way to get past a block is to switch up the way that you write. If you always type, write by hand for a little bit. If you write by hand, type a little bit. If you really want to feel adventurous, use a typewriter. Yeah, that would definitely be adventurous, but there's no backspace on those, so it's super helpful. <laughs> and no internet either. Also helpful. <laughs> One of the things that has helped me understand the end of my book and therefore how I'm getting to it is to plot a mythical book two in the series. I am a plotter. I like to plan things out from front to back. I have a lot of books plotted that I have never written. Having this book two plotted out helps me define the ending and helps me recognize the pieces that are important to get there. So if I get stuck, plotting book two. Sometimes, though, you can't just keep forging ahead. You can't keep working on something. Sometimes your brain needs a break. Let that happen. Don't fight that because you don't want to wear yourself out. 
make sure that you're scheduling breaks. Allow yourself time to breathe. Allow your keyboard to take a rest and your brain to shut down for a little bit. Scheduling those I've found has helped me not procrastinate during my writing time because, okay, I have a four-hour block and on the hour I will get up and walk around, stretch my legs. So if I have 15 minutes left, I can hold it. I don't have to use the restroom because I can get to that smaller, more manageable goal in order to accomplish the larger goal. If it's your writing time and you're determined to do something productive, consider editing something else that you've already written. Go back and take a break from this project. Let the characters and ideas percolate for a little bit and work on something else. You're still honing your writing skills. Maybe that'll inspire you to continue forward on your main work in progress. Or you just get something productive done and it's still a good day. You can also take time to have your own pet the dog moment. (laughs) (laughs) Spend time with your pets, your humans. Go outside, watch the sunrise for a little bit or sunset if you're a night owl. Just take time to breathe. Not on your phone. Yes. It can also be an inspiration, especially if you're a character first type of writer to people watch. If you're in that coffee shop and your brain is just not functioning, sip the coffee and try to lip read someone across the room or make up a backstory for the barista. People watch and come up with ideas in a way that there's no pressure to get that imagination flowing again. And nothing can spark an imagination quite like taking a shower. It's amazing how much focusing a little bit on that self-care, that hygiene, can help you get out of a writing rut. A lot of people suggest to get some exercise. The closest I generally get in that regard is petting the dog. (laughs) I am not much of a Zumba person. I enjoy a hike in the woods. I find scenic moments inspirational, but that's as close as I get to actually exercising. But burning some calories will help your body feel good about itself and therefore help you create art. Even just stretching for a little bit can help with this. If you're a little bit more adventurous, go out clubbing, go to a party, go out into the world and experience life. That way you can see, you can observe, you can experience, and that can inspire you. That can influence your writing. Okay, I've taken my break. I have filled in all of the scenes that I skipped over before, and my ideas are all feeling kind of lame. What do I do next? Read something in your genre. That can help give a little bit of inspiration. Again, cautionary tale, don't compare your writing to what you're reading, but use it as an influence, a goal, an inspiration for you to learn from. I think it was Sanderson that said, steal structure. If you're reading something in the genre, you can tap into their structure, understand 
what made that book successful and then consider your own structure and what you can add to it to help get things going again. You can also reread what you've written so far, but don't edit. Voice of experience here. Absolutely the voice of experience here. Reread it, lock it down so you can't edit it. But maybe you can take that time to note any unfulfilled footholds. Things that you've mentioned or brought up that you've forgotten about, but you can now take and do something with it. Move in a new direction with your story. Because I promise your editor will call you on those footholds and go, why did you put this in here if nothing ever happened with it? If you aren't sure what to write, fulfilling that foothold can be a great place to get things moving again. If you're still stuck, you need to identify what is blocking you. You need to figure out what is stopping you from continuing. And from experience from both of us, that is most often a fear of failure in some way. That very much includes not living up to your own expectations. If I'm writing selfishly and it still feels terrible on the other side, I look at it and go, I know I'm better than this. This is something that will paralyze me as an author, is looking at it and going, this is awful, it needs to be better. And I promise you, it's a mood you're in right now. By the time you get around to editing it, you'll be like, what was I ever worried about? Once the book is over, it's a lot easier to feel good about yourself. Also take a step back and look at where you are in your writing journey. Are you just starting? If you said yes, then accept that you are just starting. You're not going to be perfect right away, but you can work toward it. And like we said earlier, let yourself write terribly. It doesn't have to be good as long as it's written because you can always improve it later. And if you're starting to judge yourself as far as understanding that your stuff isn't the best it could be, that is actually progress toward becoming the best author you can be. That's step two is when you start to recognize good art and you recognize that maybe you're falling short. You're already past the very beginner stage. If the block isn't necessarily you locking up because you're not living up to expectations or you're afraid that it's not going right, but you look at the story and say, this isn't going in the right direction, take a step back, read what you've written, don't edit, and then make notes of what needs to change in draft two. I've done this a lot where I will get to a point and go, oh, this is not going to work. I need this to happen, but this can't happen because this happened earlier. So I'll go back to that earlier thing, make a note. This needs to change in this way so I can go back to where I am currently writing and write it as if that's already been changed. If you're feeling good about the story up to this point and then you just hit the block, go back 10 sentences. Count them backward and figure out what happened there 
because that tends to be where you start to divert from where the story should be going or write it over again. Again, getting that pen moving will help things progress. Sometimes it requires the change in the point of view. Are you writing the scene from the right character's perspective? Do you need to go back 10 sentences and change who's talking? Especially as a plotter, I have a hard time surprising myself in my writing. Sometimes the characters will surprise me and something will just fall out of their mouth and it's interesting or entertaining and then I move on. But I'm rarely surprised by the story, which means my readers might not often be surprised by the story either. So setting yourself up to be surprised can help reignite that inspiration you had at the beginning of the book. So if you're having trouble surprising yourself because you're knowing what you're thinking already, you can go back to our Act 2 writing prompts and roll a dice. Pick one at random, throw it in, and see what happens. Be surprised by the story. You can also change what happened prior or change the rules of the world in order to make what you want to have happen next actually functional. Editing is a glorious thing, and editing is your friend. Just make sure you've written down notes so that you know what needs to change earlier in the book. You don't want to find yourself leaving those plot holes accidentally. And this is why keeping a notebook is very handy. A writing notebook, a place where you can jot down ideas, jot down what needs to change, any new words that you find. Being a writer is very much a lifestyle. I carry a notebook with me all the time. I don't want to have to boot up in order to jot an idea down. I just wrote a new concept for my magic system that makes everything else fall into line. I wrote that at a red light the other day and, you know, a little bit at a green light, but I was totally focused on the road, I promise. So your bad handwriting got even worse. It gave me something to start on my next writing session. Use the notebook anytime you need. Anytime a thought occurs, write it down. Developing muscle memory when you get inspired by those ideas correlates writing with inspiration. So you're training yourself, you're tricking yourself into associating pen to paper or keyboard if necessary with inspiration. When you get a new dog, every time they sit on command, they get a treat. So they're associating the physical action with a good feeling. You kind of have to hack your own brain that way too associate writing with inspiration and inspiration will come. A notebook is also a place for you to write down names of places, characters, anything that helps fill in your world so that when you run into it, it exists. For me, this is especially helpful because I find in the middle of my writing process, that's what stops me from continuing forward is, okay, now I have to think of a name for this character or for this town in the middle of the forest that we never visit again. I have in my writing notebook on the back cover part, just a list of names. And they're often filler names 
So if I have Bob, I can control F during my editing phase and put in a better name when I come across it. Having this notebook not only gives me those filler names, but gives me a place to write down what the actual name is when it comes time to fill it in. I wish I had done this on my current book because I have some towns right now. I honestly don't remember what I named them. And they might be relevant on my second draft, but I won't know that until I find them again in the second draft. (laughs) So I highly recommend actually writing down all of these names and filler words, these things, whenever you write a random thing in your book, making sure you have it somewhere else so you don't have to go, well, I can't control F it because I don't know where it is. If you're using our world building workbook, having that map in there is another place to write these names down. You can just write it down in the corner. Okay, I know eventually they'll come across Blaviken and so I'll write that down and then when it comes time to assign it to a location, I have it already in the arsenal. So all of these suggestions are helping you get writing. If you've been writing, if you feel inspired, write as much as you can and then leave yourself in a good spot to pick up the next time so that the next time you sit down to write, you aren't staring at a page going, What was I doing again? For me, this ends up finishing my writing session without finishing a sentence. Because as soon as I sit down, I know at least the next four words that are going to go on the page. And that muscle memory and inspiration associating with it, things are automatically starting to flow. You can also stop right before something is about to happen, something significant right before the villain captures the good guy, or sometimes in middle of it. That tends to be how I work best, is stopping in middle of an exciting scene so that while I have the drive, I'm actually writing, but I leave enough when I stop so I can sit down the next day and immediately go, ooh, right, this is an exciting scene, let me go. I will say from experience, don't stop in the middle of a choreographed fight scene because that can be really difficult to replace everybody in your memory in order to complete the fight scene. Especially on your first draft when bits and details are missing, have the first spell go off and then take your break. And you can start the next writing session with choreographing the fight or whatever else that you need to do. Stopping in the middle of a fight scene can be dangerous. You can also leave yourself a note about what needs to happen next. In brackets, saying she goes off into the forest and encounters a bog witch. That's giving you a place to be like, oh, right, that's where I was headed with this. So you can sit down and go and write where you had the direction. It comes down to this, making your goals manageable making yourself in the right place, not only mentally and emotionally preparing the physical location, but yourself and setting yourself up for success in every possible way, giving yourself the tools to write when the time comes. That means you're writing when you don't have the pen and paper in your hand. That means you're thinking about writing as you're driving. You are being a writer even if you aren't physically writing because 
that sets you up for the most success possible. It's about living, breathing, experiencing your novel, even if you aren't sitting in front of that computer or with that pen and paper. It's about writing selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 